You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. short of what I know God wants to do for us now is that he wants you to become a doctor. You know, a a medical doctor is someone who has studied the anatomy of the human body and the physiology of the human body to the extent that he knows the different components and he knows how they function. That's what makes a man a medical doctor. Isn't that if somebody is a mechanic, he knows the different parts of the vehicle and knows what, how they function. So if you go to such a person and he says, what is the problem? He says, your car is jerking. He doesn't go and lose your tires. If anybody does that, what will we call him? He's a, an Abuja mechanic. <laughs> okay, he's quack. Why? Because he, he's not able to diagnose and know where the problem is coming from. My prayer and my desire is that with this study, knowing that there are three of me, okay, at every point in time, I'll know where the issue is. I'll know what to work on. I'll know what to give attention to. Like our sister said, there are some things that will come up. I know that this is a problem of the flesh. Let me give you a very beautiful, you know, illustration that the Lord showed me that made me, you know, I was just so excited and thankful. How many of us remember the account in... Um, 1 Kings 19, after Elijah had called down the fire, okay, and, you know, called down fire and slain the prophets of Baal. You know, in 1 Kings um, 19, I believe from verse 1, the Bible says, when Jezebel heard what had happened, she was not moved. She said, that man, I'm going to cut off his head. He's going to be like one of them. The Bible says from verse 3, I believe, it says, when Elijah saw, not heard, when he saw that, Praise the Lord. When he saw that, he fled for his life. Verse 4 says, I believe, verse 4 says he left his servant there. That's how much he was running. You know, when a man begins to run and leaves his family members, you know that that run is serious, okay? And he prayed. This is his prayer. What does he say? He say, it is enough now, what? Take my life. So his prayer here was what? That God should kill him. Somebody should be grateful that God doesn't answer every prayer. Or rather, that God is not under our control. Not that he doesn't answer every prayer. He answers every prayer in his wisdom. Okay, but he does not, he's not under our control. So this should help us when people begin to tell us, you just command God and no. He's God. He's still God. No matter the love he has for us, no matter the extent of faith he exercises, you do not become God. Elijah is a man of faith. In fact, the Bible refers to him in the New Testament as an example of prayer. So if his prayer were that effective, he should have died the way we are taught prayer. But you can see that in all of the prayer, the will of God is still what? Supreme. Okay? Now he prays there that he should be killed, that God should kill him. But God didn't kill him. You know what God did for Elijah? God gave him food. (laughs) God gave him food. God sent an angel and he gave him food. He finished eating, slept off. They woke him up, gave him another one. Because at that point, he had become so weary in his body. His spirit was okay, but he was not coordinated again. Are you with me? So there are some situations in your life that somebody may be fasting and, you know, disturbing God. There are some situations you just need to go and sit down and eat. So that, you see, spirit, soul, and body. You need to be... This medicine we are talking about now, we are talking spiritual medicine, isn't it? Okay, just so that, let, let, let me show you the scriptures. First Kings 19, let me show you, so you, you get what, yes, I, I want to show you in a particular way, so you get it. It says, verse 4, it says, it is enough, now Lord, take my life, I'm no better than my father's. Verse 5 says, then as he lay, slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, what? This is God's answer to that prayer, he said, arise and eat, Joe. Eh? <laughs> so his body was sick, his soul was weary. The psalmist says, thou restoreth my soul. Okay? He gave him food, gave him the second one. Okay? Now, see what happened. How do I know? Now, verse 9 says, 
The Lord says to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I have been, verse 10, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with a sword. I alone am left. Did he say now, take my life? What's he saying now? So his prayer point has changed from take my life to preserve my life. What has happened? He has eaten. Do you understand? Anatomy, when you know where the problem is coming from, the earlier time he was saying what? Take my life. Now he says they want to please. Why? Because he has eaten. That's why the church should be holding law fish from time to time. So we can solve food problem. You know, someone just is let his mind, you know. Morichi was telling me about some brother in church that had an accident and was saying that he thought this and this was happening. And that all he needed then, he said to them, give me food, give me food, give me food. Where is he? He must be a food man. You know, you see, what I'm trying for us to understand is this. When you understand parts, it helps with diagnosis. When you understand parts. So a doctor, a surgeon, is only as good as how much he understands parts. That's all. So you go to him, he says, okay, this is what is happening. He says, no, this can't be also. This is this. This can't be this. This is that. Okay? And he knows the area to address. The same way we want to grow spiritually. The Bible says that we may come to all wisdom and spiritual what? Understanding. It's a problem that many Christians have. So a lot of people, this is an extreme case for Elijah now. His problem was the body and the soul, but he thought it was the spirit. He didn't want to die. Okay, but many, the reverse is the case. The spirit is sick and they are thinking that it's the body. That's why Lord Jesus Christ teaches Matthew 4 verse 4. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. But notice our Lord Jesus Christ then say, man shall not eat bread. So there's a provision for what? For bread. But we don't live by what? Bread alone. Because most people are sustaining themselves by bread. And are, you know, keeping the spirit famished. Praise God. So this is what the Holy Spirit wants us to achieve in this season. Okay. Come with me to Luke 24. In Luke 24, verse 30, the Bible says, Now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road? And while he opened the scriptures to us. And verse 33 says, So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem. These disciples, Jesus had appeared to them on their journey. Okay? And they were sad. We know the story. They were talking and they were walking and they were saying about the things that happened. And when our Lord Jesus Christ began to speak to them, something happened. Inside, their spirits bore witness. That's what they mean when they say, did not our hearts burn? You know, these are people talking to one another. Their hearts are not together. So at the moment our Lord Jesus Christ was speaking, in their spirits, there was witness that this thing is not the way your flesh is thinking it. So they knew something had happened, okay? But because they had not understood what you're learning, their bodies, their souls were discouraged. They could not heighten, they could not get their bodies to respond to the sensitivity of the spirit. So they continued. Luckily for them, another opportunity was given to them where at the breaking of bread, they now opened their eyes. Before then, they had opened their spirits. Is someone with me today? Before then, there had been a conviction. Their hearts were burning the moment Jesus was speaking to them. But still, they could not break through. It couldn't get to them because there were a lot of things still shielding the witness of the spirit. So the Christian matures to the extent that he does not need the thing to touch his body to know what the spirit is doing. It was when he got to breaking of bread and maybe the manner he broke it or whatever that happened reminded them, this is only Jesus does this like this. And then they now said, oh, did not our hearts what? Burn. So the witness had been there. So what we are learning is to learn so that we don't need, our, we don't need someone to shout. We don't need our flesh to be carried along. Once the spirit is doing something, the Bible says deep, call it to what? Deep. Praise the Lord, somebody. I'll give you another illustration. These are just bases before we go into, you know. In Matthew 16, verse 17 and 18, where uh, Peter answered the question our Lord Jesus asked, saying, who do men say that I am and who do you say that I am? Peter gave his answer and our Lord Jesus Christ spoke to him and said, 
17. So our Lord Jesus Christ said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. For what? Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my Father who is in heaven. Can you give us a message translation? He says something. Jesus came back. God bless you, Simon, son of Jonah. He said, you didn't get that answer out of books or from teachers. So there are things that you get, spirit, that are not from books per se. It's not from teachers. Okay? Why are we looking at this? Because... He said, my father in heaven, God himself, let you in on this secret of who I really am. And then 18, going back to New King James audition, he says, it is on this I will build my church. What's he saying? I'm going to build my church on the witness that the spirit bears with the spirit. Are you with me? I'm going to build, he says, upon this rock, and I say to you that you're Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church. What rock? Is the rock of revelation. Between the spirit of God and the spirit of man. But unfortunately, most churches, most Christians are not built on this rock. That's why we shake. That's why we don't have a witness in the world. That's why the wind will blow and we fall. Because the rock we are being built on is the rock of I love my pastor. I love the building of my church. I love him. He's, uh, he's trending. I love her. He's this. It's not a witness of spirit to spirit. It is this kind of witness that helped Peter when Jesus, our Lord Jesus, finished preaching and everybody left. He said to Peter, are you not going? Peter said, how, how can I go? You have the words of eternal. I'm not following you because I like your hairstyle. I'm not coming to the church because one million people are there. I am there because the spirit bears witness with my spirit that this is where I should be. Are you getting what I'm saying? So this is why we're learning what we're learning. So be, because you see. I don't know, my, my, I was hoping that maybe Sunday would just be a real discussion. Not this one, people are not talking. All of us will talk. Because there, there's so much on this, and I know that if care is not taken, we'll just run through it and leave. The flesh, okay, we said spirit, soul, and body, right? So body or flesh. The body is very strong. You ignore the strength of the body at your peril. Praise the Lord. As we are learning what we are learning, you ignore the strength of your body at your peril. You cannot. You know why? Let me tell you why. Because out of these three parts of me, okay, the body is the one that is of the earth. There is pasha between the earth and the body. They are close. They have been close before. They have been friends before. They took me out. They took my body from the earth. I'm still on earth. As long as we are on earth, this body, we cannot take it for granted. That's why the apostle Paul says, you know what I do with this body? I beat it. In, picture it this way. Somebody has a, a servant, a PA, and before he goes out of the house, he beats the servant. Why is he doing that? To subdue so that when you get out there, don't try to master me. Are you getting the picture? So this body has been on earth. It was taken from here. If you allow yourself, the body will control you. It takes extra effort to lift up and go beyond the desires of the body and do what the spirit is saying. Why? Because the body is natural. The body is it's just like some of us when we get angry. This one we're doing now. Some of us when we get angry, the language we speak is not English. Pastor Nina gets angry now. She'll speak Italian. I get what I'm saying. That's, her, that's where she's at home. That's, she dreams probably in Italian. You know, so we can come here and be forming and forming. There is the natural part of us. The earth and your body are natural. Do you understand? So if you're not making extra effort, most likely is that most of your decisions are based on what the body wants. The Bible talks about those whose God is their belly. Are you with me? That's something to, you don't joke with. So when we talk about sanctification for the unmarried people here, you know, you may say it's old school. They say don't visit a single brother, Abby. They don't tell you people those things now. They say, don't cook for him. You go, they are cooking. They are calling you uh, whatever name. After five years, the brother sees another vision. That's how you've gone. Don't do any of those things. If anybody is going to come to your house, let them come in threes. When they come, when you people finish greeting, say hey, exhortation. When you finish exhortation, see the brother off and wave bye-bye. Don't sit together and watch DSTV and say you're playing this thing. You're deceiving yourself. The body is too strong to be tempted. You don't tempt the body and go free. Are you getting what I'm saying? In fact, the Lord was telling me, he said, tell them. He said, tell them that the spirit, soul, and body, what saved Joseph 
was that he had to leave the body for Potiphar's wife and fled with his spirit and soul. He said, you know what it means to run naked? None of us here can do that. If there is nakedness, you won't move. But he considered it and said, this body will not kill me. So he left with his spirit and soul. Because that thing he took represented him. Remember, the brothers took his coat. Okay? And told the father, showed the coat to the father and said, and the father said, Joseph is dead. So that represented his body. So once again, the body, he had to shed it to be able to fulfill purpose. You cannot want to accommodate the body and make success as a Christian. It's not possible. So there are some things that your body is comfortable with. You can defend it. You can blow grammar. You can call it modern. You can call it anything. That body is old. Are you with me? The body and sin, remember, <laughs> is humus. Is decay. Everything around there is what? Is meant to go down. So the Christian learns to beat the body. Don't accommodate it. Just like somebody who wants to lose weight. You want to lose weight and then you're still allowing the body. When hunger comes, you sing. You understand? Yeah, if you want to lose weight, you have to love hunger. And love the taste of water on an empty stomach. How many of us are trying to lose weight here? When you're hungry, drink water. The combination is annoying. Because the food is saying, what I want is meat pie. What I want is eba. What I want is, and you're giving me water. They are fighting, but... You know where you're going. You're beating that sense or whatever it is. Praise the Lord. So the spirit, the soul, and the body, okay? So in this case now, we've seen uh, uh, Peter. Jesus said, upon this rock, the revelation, the thing that comes from the spirit, not the things that come from the flesh. And if we are sincere to ourselves, every one of us, you look back at your life. You see how many decisions you've made clearly from the flesh. Even as to the friends you keep. You know the natural tendency is that if you come into a new environment and you see maybe you're, you're the type of person that uh, likes, you know, the way people dress, you make friends immediately with people that dress as well as you, isn't it? But as time goes on, you're going to find out that it's not everybody that wears blazer that is a gentleman. And it's not everybody that wears shorts and t-shirt that is, you know, a, a ragamuffin. But what you connected with was the surface. It was flesh to flesh, uh, you know, getting acquainted with each other. But as time goes on, okay, thank you, Holy Spirit. This will help us. How many of us have friends who have handicaps, who are handicapped? Maybe one bad hand, one bad eye, all of that. If you have such friends, what happens is that when you meet them first, you're conscious of that handicap. But once you get to know them, you almost can't describe them as the blind boy or the one with one leg. You know why? Because they have seen beyond. You now know their souls. You're no longer communicating with them flesh to flesh. You have gone beyond that. Really, if we get it right, that's where we should start from. Can I tell you something? From Genesis 2-7, I want you to see some interesting thing that happened there. It says, and the Lord God formed man of what? The dust of the ground. Now, the truth is this. Every man carrying this body is carrying something that belongs to the ground. That's why if you stay long on earth, eh, after some time, every part of you will be going to the ground. That's the ear. Have you seen white people? The ear will drop. This place will drop. The ground is saying, give me my own. Give me. I belong to you. Everything is falling. Do you understand? Form man of what? The dust of the ground. No matter how much effort you make. How many of us have seen um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, his current picture? Everything is dropping. There is a point where no matter how much exercise you do, this thing came from the ground. It's going back there. And the women even know better. Everything is going down. No matter the effort you make. It's, that, it says, form man of the dust of the ground. Now, let me show you the second one. The second one is that he breathed into his nostrils, what? The breath of life. Also, the spirit is not our own. The spirit is of God. It came from God. He's going to, let me show you that, that, uh, the scripture uh, for that. I think it's Ecclesiastic 12, 7, please. He says, the dust will return, thank you, Holy Spirit. The dust will return to the earth as it was. And what will happen? The spirit will return to God. Who gave it? The only thing that you and I have that is now our own, you know what it is? Is our soul. And that soul, another way you can call that soul, is your personality, is your unique you. Do you understand? So the spirit returns to God, the spirit, the breath of life. God, when God breathed, he didn't lose it. He gave us the breath of life without losing it. So it's still his own. 
as we continue with him, we continue to walk in it. The day we say no, another spirit enters. That's why from what we're reading on Sunday, 1 Corinthians 2, it says, now we have the spirit which is from God. Okay, but when you refuse that spirit, another spirit what enters. It's not our own, but it's, uh, it's given to us. As long as we are walking with God, we enjoy it. Praise the Lord. So this earth gives us the body and will claim the body. God gives us the spirit and the spirit remains his own. The one that is uniquely ours is the soul, our personality. And that's why the Bible says, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So some people can actually sell their body, but it's not the body in essence that's selling. It's their soul because their soul is the owner of the body. The one given to manage it. You understand? That's where the enemy is going, you know, going to. Now, another thing I want us to learn, you know, from this passage, still in, in that Genesis 2-7, very important, is that when we see that Genesis 2-7, the first part of it that says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. I want you to know that this is the level where animals were made. So if God did not add the part two, if God did not breathe into the nostrils of man the breath of life, there would have still been a man, but it would have been a, uh, uh, which one is the closest to us? Is it a chimpanzee or what? Baboon. Which one did they say is 99.7? DNA of baboon is, is it baboon? Ape. Okay, 99.7 DNA similarity between us and them. The difference is point, just 0 0.03 between us and the apes. And that is the first part. Now, the second and the third part, they don't have. So God made it like that. So these animals are free. Why are they free? Or rather, Holy Spirit, help me. How do I communicate this? So the man, first level, is at the same level as an animal. Complete creation. With instincts. You see, this chimpanzee, they bear children. They have family. They feed. So that somebody is intelligent, unquote, does not mean he's spiritual. It just means he has developed the capacity that God has put in him. Okay? Now, the human soul comes in, in the third level, where the Bible says, and he became a living person. What happens, what is introduced at this place, is responsibility, a sense of morality. That's why you can't put a chimpanzee in jail. He cannot commit crime. He just operates by instinct. Do you understand? You can't put a dog in jail. You can't say, this dog, you're a thief. The dog cannot stay. If you put meat, what does dog do? Dog eats meat. He will eat meat. But as a human being, because you're not just an animal, are you with me? Because you're a living soul, you have a personality. A sense of morality has been given to you. So you're hungry, they put meat there. If it's not your own and you eat it, you have stolen. That's what has changed. Praise the Lord. So when people behave in a way that they shouldn't behave and say it's pressure, what they're saying is that I've debased myself to my animal level. I'm no longer operating at the level where God honored me. He says, I've made you a little above a season below, sorry, a little beneath the angels. Praise the Lord. So the man is on the surface. Their studies now trying to find how they can use, you know, uh, which one was it that I saw recently? Either the heart of a pig or something to transplant into a man. Why? Because we are the first part of the dust of the ground. Every part of your body is the same thing. The other day, I, I was watching on the television, and um, I think they were showing the Cross River State Government, and, and they had um, a, a chicken factory. And if you look at the way the chickens were hanging, they looked like, you know, women with nice shape. They had removed all the feather. And they were hanging from the head up. And I was saying, what's this? And, you know, we're created all the same. You see, what that should help you do is that every, anybody that tries to tell you that morality, holiness is not part of this thing wants you to become an animal. The thing that separates you from an animal is that sense of judgment. Is that ability to control your animal instincts. Is that ability to know your body is calling you like this. But your living being says, I'm not a dog. I'm not a monkey. Monkeys are known for stealing, Abby. Whatever their hand can read, they'll take. I'm not a monkey. Okay? Everybody that comes into your territory, you back. I'm not a dog. Simple. It helps you to know that. Do we have that tendency? We do. But we are also given a higher level. We are a living being. We have a sense. We have conscience. Dogs don't have conscience. They just walk with instincts. 
Okay, you train them. They know, okay, this is the way. If I do this, I'm rewarded. If I do this, I'm punished. That's the only thing they do. And based on that, you can build them up to do anything that you want them to do. But the human being, beyond being trained, beyond being you know, educated, knows, has a sense given by God of what is right and what is wrong. Praise the Lord, somebody. So we said that the spirit is of God and from God, okay? The body is of the earth and from the dust of the ground is going to return there. The soul is the one that is uniquely and solely your own. The soul is mine, my soul is mine, your soul is your own. And this soul, like we noted on Sunday, is a product of the fusion between God's spirit and the form man. And we also learn that this soul is to be my most prized possession. The soul is the most expensive, most valuable product on earth. That's why our Lord Jesus Christ says in Mark 16, 26, you can put it on the screen. He said, for what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? That is just his own. And you and I know now that most times people don't lose their own soul alone. That's the le higher level you and I have to consider. There are many things that if you were just you alone, you can actually do and lose your own soul. But when you lose your soul and cause other souls, that's why Lord Jesus Christ said to some people, it would be better for you that you were not born. Imagine after losing your soul, you'll be the reason for other people losing their soul. Somebody say, God forbid. Instead, you'll be the reason for the winning of many other souls in the name of Jesus. That's why the Bible can say, he that winneth souls is a billionaire. i seen scripture now. He that winneth souls what? is wise. Because in the next world, these names are calling billionaire are those who are winning souls. Because they've won the most precious commodity. May God make us soul winners in the name of Jesus. Okay, so my spirit, my soul, and body, I understand how these dif different things work. It, it will just make life a lot easier. I know what to address. Let's take a simple illustration while I try to find my bearing. What makes a man to have peace, you know, or peace over a matter? If I'm spirit, I'm soul, and body, and my spirit is what is to relate with God. Anytime my spirit is in alignment with the spirit of God, you know what I'm going to have? The peace of God. Anytime my spirit is struggling, is not in alignment with the spirit of God, I'm going to have a distress. I might be laughing outside, but I'm going to have an un unsteady inner being. And what happens most times is that when we're in such a state, our soul, which is the driver in between body and will generate other things. So this is what makes people, you know, someone is under conviction like, um, thank you, Holy Spirit, the woman at the well. Conviction was reading her. He said, ah, your father said it's on this mountain that we should do. But her father said it's on this mountain. What immediately the soul is trying to introduce is a di diversion. Don't prick me. Don't go to where my issue is. It's the same thing many people do when you try to bring the gospel to them. They'll tell you all the Christians that they know that are not uh, living life well, Abby. They tell you all the pastors that they even bring up. How many of us have our friends brought up, unsafe friends brought up the matter of tithe and other things? It's number one, this thing. They have not even become, but they don't even have a church to pay tithe to. Nobody has ever told them to pay tithe. Why is it, should it be a matter of discussion? Is the soul bringing it up? Because at that point, their conscience is telling them, in this matter, you have a problem. You need to be saved. So they'll bring up tithe. They'll bring up all kinds of things. Because there's a disquiet inside of them. There's no peace inside. And the Bible says there is no peace for the wicked. There is no peace. The only time that peace can come is when that man stands, you know, agrees in his spirit with the spirit of God. This is who I am. I'm a sinner in need of salvation. And then, bam, the peace of God flows. And for someone who is born again here, if you remember your born again experience, that's what happens. That's what happens when somebody genuinely gets born again. He has the peace of God. His body won't change, you know, his appearance won't change. But inside of him, he has that peace. He receives that peace. Praise the Lord. Can somebody, let me ask this as a question. Can somebody's body, and to an extent so, engage in Christian activities, sing in the choir, pray in the prayer department, you know, do all kinds of things that we do as Christians, and not be born again? Why? Based on our lesson, tell me why. Because a lot of people are there. The simple reason is that if the spirit has not been regenerated, everything you're doing is from outside. The growth of the Christian is from inside. 
So you can see people, and the danger for such things is for people who grew up around church or people who their business with church is first pecuniary. So the church employs you as a driver. You're not born again at all. Church employs you as an engineer. Church employs you as an instrumentalist. That's the danger of that thing some of you people do. And you can play the drums. You have the talent. The moment as you're playing it, you're already a church boy. And the moment the Holy Ghost will bring conviction, you calculate that I've been in this church for seven years. If I come out here and everybody says, is it today I'm getting born again? So you continue with all the activities. Now, because the soul also, we say the body is powerful, the soul is also even more powerful than the body. Because the soul is powerful, it can build itself up in such a way that it can raise defenses. The soul is where you reason. The soul is where you give uh, excuses. The soul is where you bring justification. Okay, such a person can do all of that and justify his, he knows his spirit is not quickened, he's not regenerated, he doesn't have a born again spirit. I'll give you a simple example who will help you with this. Uh, uh, Judas was never born again, but he worked miracles. He did all of that. Let me show you scripture so you get it. Because if he was, John 6, 70, our Lord Jesus Christ speaking here. He says, did I not choose you 12 and one of you is a devil? That was Judas. This was not the end, towards the end of the minute. This was at the beginning. If along the line, Judas had responded to the conviction of the spirit, he would change. So the person can continue acting and acting. But when the prize is enough, he will just take off the jacket and say, I'm, I'm tired. Not nonsense. That's what you hear when you hear of uh, maybe they say choir director is doing this with the people in choir. Pastor is doing this. There are people that have learned the art but never had a heart conversion. They're just like people that are put in the oven waiting for the right time to be used. I pray none of us will be there in Jesus' name. If anybody is here and you're not sure of your salvation, you can meet you know, the, a pastor, meet me personally and say, Pastor, I want to be sure of this salvation. Don't joke with it. The other part of it, the all, completely other side is, can someone's spirit be regenerated? Can somebody be born again in the spirit and his soul and body is living like a criminal? Is it possible? Yes or no? Why? Help me. Okay, let, let me save us time. Very possible. I used the other situation. Uh, I used Judas as an example for the other one. And I used myself as an example for this. Before uh, I met my wife, before we got married, I'd gone to a church. I've told the story here. I don't know what the preacher preached, but I know that day eh, a part, something happened to me. It's not easy for a man, a young man, to cry in church. That day I was weeping, and I went to the altar to give my life to Christ. But I left that day, came back the next Sunday, like I told us here, and they put me in finance committee, building committee, because they felt this was a prosperous banker, young man with money. And that Sunday, I did not go back to church again. Now, from that moment, I live my life just the same way I was living before that experience. Are you with me? But the only thing I can tell you that happened is, in that period, before I got the second opportunity, anywhere I am and people are talking about Christianity and saying those born-again people is fake, I would not open my mouth now to say it's fake. Or to say that pretenders, all of that. I couldn't say it. You know why? Because my spirit had been illuminated. But you see, my soul and my body were too strong. That's why the Bible says, as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the world that you may grow thereby. If somebody is born again and he does not feed on the word, he's as useless as any other person. The word you hear matters the same way you give birth to a baby and we shout hallelujah. And you leave that baby in the basket. A human being has been born, but a human being is about to die. So spiritually, you don't grow because you were born. You grow because you're fed. That's why church without the word is not shouting. Do you understand? It's not claiming. It's not, no, no. It's the study. It says you grow thereby. Our Lord Jesus Christ, man shall the same way physically, if you don't feed the baby, the baby will die. The same way spiritually, if you don't feed your spirit, the spirit will be famished. It will go. So we see persons and, you know, that some of them I tell you, I'm born again. For those who are bold enough, I couldn't say that because I, I knew something happened, but I knew I wasn't living. I knew I couldn't, I couldn't knock on heaven's door. 
I won't even have enough boldness to try it. I knew it wasn't working. Okay? But the moment you have the spirit and you begin to feed the spirit, what happens is that there begins to be a contention. The Bible says the flesh lost against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And the two are what? Contrary to one another. Once you begin that process slowly and steadily, the spirit will be winning victories over your body. And then all of a sudden, your soul will begin to see that a new person has come in. That's why the Bible says, he that is in Christ is what? A new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So that process gives you that capacity. Uh, when we sometime in future, if we have time, we're now going to look at Romans 8. You begin to understand what is talking there. Because before people read it and get all kinds of interpretations, it's not true. What has happened is that when the spirit is quickened, another force comes in that enables your life to go a different direction from what it was going before. But you see, it's like having an engine, a heavy engine, you know, in a car. And the car starts and the engine is running. Maybe it's a six liter engine. Boom, 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 boom. That's what the spirit does for you. But when there is no word, there is no direction to turn that engine to. Are you with me? The word is what says, let's go to Wusetu now. So you use that engine to drive to Wusetu. The word is what says, let's go this direction. So that engine is moving. But when there is no word, that engine is there. They can still be selling corn on top of you. Because you're making no progress. Praise the Lord, somebody. Does anybody have any questions? Or we should continue. Hallelujah. So the Bible says, Romans 8, 14. It says, as many as are led of the Spirit. It says, these are what? The sons of God. By that scripture, it means that, just like we've said already, at every point in time I'm being led, either by my body, or by my soul, or by my spirit. And like I believe we've already learned at every now, I keep asking myself, who is leading me now? What is leading me, or who is leading me? If you and I can yield... 100% to the Holy Spirit. You know what we're going to be like? We'll be like Jesus. That's why the Bible says our Lord Jesus, he had the Spirit, what? Without measure. And how could he have the Spirit without measure? Very simple. You know how? You see, in the soul, we said in the soul is my personality. Okay? What is the basic thing about my personality? My uniqueness. Okay? Sometimes some of us may say it out. Some of us may not say it out. But this is me. No, don't tell me. This is me. Please, leave me. This is me. How many of us make such, you know, we all do that, right? The challenge is that that me is not God. Are you with me? This is me. Please, please. No, this is just respect. This is, okay? Or someone is trying to get it. They say, no, please. This is the way I am. That is the problem. Because when our Lord Jesus Christ came, the only way he chose to be is the way the Father was. He said, of my own I what? I can do nothing. Another place, it says, it's only what I see the Father do. How many of us here can say it's only what, I don't even want to mention any person that I see that do. In fact, as children, children, when they grow, there is something that gets into them. Why, why, must, why must they tell you when to sit? Why must they tell you what to eat? At what age did your children start refusing good food and start choosing junk food? I think that thing is from the devil. Do you understand? How many of us did that when we were growing up? When I was growing up, I had one diet, bread and tea. It was such a problem to my family. So when my older ones called, they asked my wife, does he still drink tea and bread? Cook the best food. I don't want it. Who gave you that idea? Do you understand? Is that in it, that personality in you? You want to do what you want to do. Jesus wanted to do only what the father did. And because of that, the Holy Spirit could function through him without measure. So what limits the oppression of the Spirit in my life is my will. So the Holy Spirit says, I'll let it go, let it go. He said, no, I can't let it go. Huh? If I let it go, they'll just keep insulting me here. How can I let it go? Or they say, let it go. He said, I can't let it go. The man is in error. I must correct him. Huh? Can you do it better than the Father? So as we grow, we are beginning to learn things and see that no matter how the you say, this is me, this is me. Me is not God. Hallelujah. God is still above me. And he says, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so am I what? So sometimes you may not really understand what God is doing. Me may just have to, you know, swallow that heavy pill called pride. You know, pride is the biggest medicine anybody can swallow. When they say swallow your pride, when you take it, sometimes it stops here. Swallow your pride is more bitter than Nivaquin. 
The older generation know Nivaquin. When they give you Nivaquin, it will spoil your food for the next one week. You drink Fanta, it's tasting like quinine. Okay? If we can achieve 100% yieldedness to the Holy Spirit, beautiful. We'll just be wonderful. Okay? But it's not easy. Because you, me, think of the little one even today in church. They say, don't dress like this, dress like this. You say, wow. And you know, you know what, what, what's just in line with what we're learning also? What makes ladies, today's ladies, I wonder, please, let me even ask the ladies. Ladies here are wonderful. Can we clap for our ladies? Is this scarcity of fabric that makes ladies now, when they sew their clothes, they open it? The thing is not even fine to look at. Is it to show that they're f- f- female? I don't understand that. You see, all, all those things is not helping because the spirit is who it is without showing anything. Do you understand? The spirit is self-actualized. Is fulfilled. Now, the soul that is well, that is not sick, does not need to show anything to arrive. It's when the soul is sick, then they start doing, a, what, what's that word they use? They start doing augmentation. When the soul is sick, that's when you have to be pulling the skirt up and pulling this one down. But if the soul is okay, you appear the way you appear. There'll be a glow all over you. Like the song says, I can see the glory of the Lord all over you. I love you with the love of the Lord. Uh, but now, now, because the soul is malnourished, people are tearing their clothes. People are pulling down to compensate for the, for the hunger of the soul. And then canal people also are not helping because, you know, uh, 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 my wife was telling me about somebody who, a pastor, he'll, he'll, if he sees a lady not well-dressed, he say, okay, let's remove everything. He says, since you want to display, you know, display everything. All those things, are, if you understand this thing, ask yourself, why do I want to appear like this? Who wants to appear like this? Praise the Lord, somebody. I, I, I would really wish we had questions because there are quite a, if, if, some other things I want us to talk about. But my desire is that we just fully, fully, fully understand this. So we're not just loading, loading, and loading. So I'm ready to round up and we pray. But I just wish somebody had questions if you heard something that you're not clear on so that we can address it and, you know, take us further to understanding what the Spirit of God wants us to understand. Where I'm stopping at is if I can yield 100% to the Holy Spirit. So I ask myself at every point in time, this thing I want to do, who is leading me? Amen. Who is leading me? Is it my soul? Is it a sense of pride? You know, Pastor Emma was telling us today about the decision he made. And it was just like, and, and you see, most times, pe- people around you, they're not spirit. They're your friends. They love you. So, like, like some time ago, I can't remember a decision I was trying to make. And this friend of mine said, oh, you only live once. Oh, boy, just you only live once. I almost responded. Do you understand? But I just had a check. And then you only live once. And then you die once also. So, I just held myself. What he was trying to, I, I was, he, he's declaring agent and what, I was trying to calculate how much, a, you know, car or something we're trying to buy. And if I listened to him, I would have made a choice that would have put a burden on me, my family, my children. Maybe you now see school fees. You see pastor preaching with anger. And what is the anger? I've already gone and overcome it. You know, Wahala comes from different sides. When you don't cut your coat according to your size, it will now transfer to another area. Do you understand? We can mix up all kinds of things. So you ask yourself, what is going on here? Pastor Ma, you're the one that came and told us here that your children can go to public school and it's okay. And your children have almost finished now and they're in the best universities. Listen, it's the pride of life that is making some people say, my children cannot go here. Meanwhile, you're, every time there's school fees, you're, you have high blood pressure. And you say the devil is bringing high blood pressure. It's not the devil. It's your pride. Who is leading me in this direction? I've told us here, listen, the days I am able to fly first class or business class and all of that, it will be beautiful. But until then, I have no apologies to anybody because there was a season in my life that I was ready to fly attachment. Do you know the one that is attachment? Some of you are too young. Let me tell you attachment. Attachment those days, is story now, so someone is over. Attachment those days is when you're going, you know, traveling by bus. There are those who pay for the full seats. And then they are the ones that the conductors and drivers traded. When the bus has left the city, eh, they now bring out small stools. 
They bring out small stools and put it Then You know, you see that. And that money is for the conductor and driver. The bus company is not interested in that one. It's called that. Then there's the last one, the standing. Those who support the conductor. So if me, at a point, was ready to travel outside the country by attachment or standing. Now God has made it that I have visas I can travel. Why will I be ashamed of economy? And then to make it worse, people now boast, preach as if flying business class is an attainment. It's poverty of soul. It's not an attainment. It's called business class. So the business you are doing need it. I don't need business class to land in economy. If I land where I'm going, my family will not say, go back. You didn't come by business class. <laughs> are, are we getting sense? Um, there's nothing wrong with it. Okay? At a stage, you know, someone closed the same advice. Someone closed pastor, 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 you have to be flying business. The same person is not a member of this church. If I listen to him, then he'll go and say, don't mind all those pastors that are looking. But I said, No. Go and say, what will you now say? The day that type of money will be here, I'll know when I see all of you now, all of you flying business class, that day, I'll now come and say, I want to have fellowship with you as we go to America. Let me see whether you leave your seat in, in business and come and join me in economy or whether I'll leave my own in economy and come. You know, everything has its time. Do you understand? Everything has its time. Everything has its time. So you don't kill yourself. All those things are the traps that the soul puts somebody in. Even marriage, some of you, the reason you're not married now, I mean, that's marriage is not any, but the reason you're not married is that you want to marry a husband like that person's husband. You don't know how that person's husband was when the person agreed to marry him. My friend said, designer husband. The only type of husband you want to marry is somebody's husband. I want to give you an assignment. Go and look at wedding pictures. You see how those men looked when that girl agreed to marry him. There were welfare cases. Some of them, their necks were this long. But now I say, ah, if only I can get a husband like uh, Sister Sosos. If I can get a husband like Pastor Sosos. See them when those people saw them. Problem of the soul. Praise the Lord. Problem of the soul. Pride. I want when I bring my husband, everybody look at him and see his chest. Does chest pay bills? Praise the Lord. Or when I bring my husband, they'll see his car. The moment a car is bought, it starts depreciating. You as a human being, you need incremental love. Let me tell you, those who are not married, this is marriage class now. Anybody that you're going to marry, where you are now is the worst he can be. If you don't see in any person's worst something better tomorrow, don't marry. Don't marry someone today hoping the person will get better. Because there's what is called, I think that word should enter English dictionary, see finish. We take it from Nigeria and give them. Listen, dating increases the value of a man, a woman. When you and that man or woman lives in the same house, it's no longer dating. It's see finish. Do you understand? At that time, everything has been unpackaged. Value has disappeared. So the person you're looking at, be sure that when value disappears, you will still what? Want to be there. So don't let your soul, you know, mislead you. Don't say, I want this like that. I want that. And then so that one, I won't even waste time. The one of wedding. We did a traditional wedding as before we got born again, before we did. After we got born again, we did our wedding. It was so austere that we even forgot to invite my sister-in-law. We saw, we, after we got born again, we saw the pictures and the video of our traditional People were carrying bottles of wine. As at that time, being sold 2,000 naira. We're talking of 1990. We spent so much money because we were in the world. Our souls were poor. We thought we needed to show up. After that time, we learned lesson. The suit I used to marry. Let me tell you people. I had suits, but wedding suit, my friend had done, um, so my friend had done um, 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 groomsman for his, his brother in London. So he used this nice suit. I, I called him. I said, are you doing groomsman for me? He said, no. I said, okay, let me use the suit. The news is that I could afford any suit that time, but I had just become spiritual. As soon there was no value. My wife could have won any wedding gown, but she called the sister I made her wedding gown. Because all of a sudden, we realize that. Who are we trying to impress? The best impression you can get is gist. Ah, hey, did you see the gist? Did you see this? You can't, like we said on Sunday, the day you wear that thing to sleep is madness. My suit is so fine. Then you want to sleep, you wear to sleep. Hey, what day, Abby? The three of me, let's rise on our feet. Brethren, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health just as your soul prospers. I want us to go to the Lord and ask for help, for help, for help. Lord, help me. You love me. 
The Bible says he has given to us all that pertains to life and godliness. Help me. Let me not be against myself. Let me not hinder myself. Help me to yield to your spirit. Help me to be surrendered to your perfect will for my life. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's what we've been doing tonight. The renewing of our mind that we may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect. When we know, when we understand the position of things, when we understand the correct status of things, this is who I am. Like my brother requested, I'm, a, I'm blessed by God. I cannot be caused by men. I'm favored by God. I cannot struggle amongst men. I'm healed in my spirit. I cannot allow my body to pull me down. I am a child of heaven. I'm an heir of God. I'm indeed the righteousness of God. I cannot be a fellowship. I cannot fellowship with iniquity. God is my God. I carry the spirit of the living God. My body is the temple of the living God. My body is not a warehouse. My body is not a dustbin. I have the privilege of being a royal priesthood. A peculiar person. A chosen generation. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, you didn't even choose me. I taught it over. And I chose you. And I ordained you. That you go forth and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. Lord, tonight I come. I say, what your word says, I say yes. I will not let my body. I will not let anybody. I will not let anything contrary to work in me. I say yes, Lord, yes. I say yes to your spirit. I say yes to your way. The Bible says the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. Has set us free from the law of sin and death. I surrender. I know who I am. I know how he created me. Just like from where we started. I may be weak in my body, but my spirit is strong. I may appear as a lamb in my body, but my spirit is that of the lion of the tribe of Judah. I'm not fainting because I wait upon the Lord. And he says, those that wait upon the Lord, they renew their strength. They shall walk and not faint. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. That is who you are. That is who you are. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www that the Father's Church Online.org. God bless you.